6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Always wonderful to hear from you about who you're remembering this week in Veterans Week. A couple of texts say, Jay, I'm remembering the Warriors I served with and have lost. We're still losing them. I also remember the Warriors that have gone before us, the ones that ensured our way of life. And Real Edson Ray says, remembering this week, my grandfather, my dad, five uncles, eight cousins, of which two still are in, six of my close friends, of which two were killed in action. I'm also thinking of Master Corporal Raymond Arndt from Edson and Master Corporal Aaron Doyle. From Warrenville, both gave their lives in Afghanistan. I also served with the Loyal Edmonton Regiment back in the early 80s. Real Edson Ray, thank you for that. 780-496-0063 is the number to get in touch with me anytime. Well, our next guest is one of Canada's most renowned military historians and just simply an incredible storyteller. He has written 19 books on Canadian military history from Vimy to Juno, from Korea to Afghanistan, from Air Force to medics. Well, Ted Barris is back in Alberta sharing stories at the Bailey Theatre in Camrose tomorrow night and at Festival Place in Sherwood Park on Friday. But he's joining us first right here on 6.30. Ched, Ted, welcome back to the show. It's like coming home, Jalen. <laughs> it's like coming home. I'm just, I just glad to be back. And I keep bumping into the people I've known for years and years but haven't seen in a while. And and I'm so mindful of how rich the the Remembrance Day traditions are here in Alberta. There's such great attention paid to it. And, and, and really... Uh, thank you to you for, I mean, bringing on uh, Bruce Given. Mm. I mean, it, it is suddenly what we consider 75 years old as a, as a story from the Second World War is right in our faces mm. of young men and women who've come back from Rwanda and Somalia and Bosnia and Afghanistan, and they're just as real in our in our attention, or should be, as anyone. And, and, and you summed it up as, as usually so perfectly, Ted. And, and, you know, after all of these years, 19 books, I think you're, you're working on the 20th right now. What do, you, what do you take away or what have you taken away from all of those folks that you have spoken with, um, the, the veterans, the, uh, the, their families, uh, about that service from, you know, from, gosh, all the way back to, to modern day? Well, a little piece of me is with each of them, and I, and I don't mean that in a, in a frivolous way. Um, last couple weeks ago, I got a call from um, the family um, of a guy named Bob Middleton, and you may remember from my Dambusters book, <laughs> Bob Middleton was a navigator in Bomber Command, and he read the manuscript before I went to press to make sure that there were no bloopers or you know gummed up phrases or anything, and he helped me on a couple of things. Bob died. Uh, 98, I think he was, and his son called and said, uh, "Ted, we're doing a memorial for Dad, and you know we've only we're, we're restricted to 35 people, but we want you to be there because no one knows his military history the way you do." And so, I did about a five-minute talk, and and it's like saying goodbye to my dad mm. again, you know, because I've I've done this many many times, and I don't mean that in a in a forlorn way. I mean it out of great respect. But a little piece of me is there with Bob and all the others that I've. I've done this for the families and and so have maybe meant that something more was left behind than just the, the, the life before and after the war. 
Ted, I wish we had hours to talk this afternoon, but we, we only have minutes, unfortunately, today. But I did want to talk about this next project that you're working on, uh, your, your next book, which will be out in the fall of next year. It's called The Battle of the Atlantic, Gauntlet to Victory. Gauntlet to Victory. Right. And, and here's the thing, it's, and one of the reasons why I think it's important to talk about today is because I, I wonder how many Canadians realize the importance of that battle and the fact that it was the longest continuous battle of the Second World war well i think to answer your former question i don't think enough do because it, it wasn't like dieppe where everything was concentrated on one morning or d-day over a series of days or or even the liberation uh, which i'll be talking david and i will be talking david o'keefe and i'll be talking about on on friday night um at festival place it went from september the 3rd 1939 when they sank the u-boats sank the first ship off the coast of of england and then right through until the U-boat surrendered on May the 6th, 7th, and 8th after Hitler had committed suicide in 1945. The, the guys who went to sea as merchant mariners mm -hmm. who manned those ships with virtually no protection, mm -hmm. sitting on time bombs for tankers, and the, and the guys who, who, who were bobbing all over the North Atlantic in those little corvettes, you know, some of them mm -hmm. 70 and 80 and 100 men on these little, you know, 160-foot-long corvettes battling the U-boats with much less sophisticated technology initially. We started the war, Canada did, with about eight warships yes. to our names. <laughs> we finished the war as the third largest allied navy on the planet. And that's an achievement that deserves some recognition um, no matter what you're celebrating or acknowledging. Uh, no, yeah, without a doubt. And, and, and of course, and unfortunately, we know that, that victory was, was costly um, you know, right across the board. It was there. You know, thousands of ships went down. Um, the numbers are not as catastrophic as the. the I mean, the, the greatest losses were in air force. Uh, I think 10,000 Canadian air crew men were killed in the bomber and fighter and, and transport and training command. Um, not nearly that many at sea. But what was crucial was, unless you command the sea lanes, you cannot command the land. And it, it was vital. And, and I, and I try in the in the new book, Battle of the Atlantic, next year. Um, to, to show what it meant for the British who were surviving through rationing and, you know, very f little fuel to keep them warm and the bombings that went on, the blitz and so on constantly, what it was like to survive as a means of illustrating how important those supply lines of the convoys were and how the Corvettes and the, and the, the, the Royal Navy as well and the U.S. Navy, once they finally bought into the concepts that were, you know, well-learned by the Royal Navy and the Royal Canadian Navy, how they saved those important links to preserve England through those tough years and then allow England to be the launch pad for the invasion in 1944. Without any of that, without the, without the North Atlantic having been secured by those people, none of the latter part of the war would have happened, and it might have gone on for more years than we, we remember. Ted, you know, I, 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 I turn to you um, as a military historian, as, as someone who knows just about everything when it comes to Canadian military history. Are, what are you learning uh, through your research on the Battle of the Atlantic? Well, I'm learning that... Canadians played a vital role. I was, about 15 years ago, I led a trip to Britain, and I had, um, we, we decided, and we called the trip the, the Secret War Tour, and we were visiting places in and around London that had been secret during the war. And one of the places we wanted to go was Bletchley Park, mm -hmm. which, of course, was where Enigma was mm -hmm. decoded, and, and, and essentially uh, they turned the tide on, on understanding what the, the, the Kriegsmarine, the German Navy, was up to, the U-boats and so on. 
And on the tour were two women, two Canadian women, who'd actually served at Bletchley. Wow. And I interviewed them on our way to Bletchley Park on the bus, and 35, 40 people who were with us got the inside poop on, wh- <laughs> on what was going on at Bletchley from these two Canadian women. It was brilliant. Of course, the, the gem is that I saved those interviews, and I can stitch them into this new book so that we understand how Canadians played vital roles in making the tide turn in the Battle of the Atlantic. Ah, wonderful. Looking forward to that book. It's coming out in fall of next year. All right. You're in uh, Camrose tomorrow night at the Bailey Theatre. You're at Festival Place in Sherwood Park along with David O'Keefe, uh, who was just on with my colleague Rob uh, Breckenridge a short time ago. Tell us about uh, what you'll be talking about. We will, again, bring it right down to faces, the face of war. Uh, David's going to tell us about some of the soldiers who were involved in the, in the clearing of the Shelt Estuary, which, was, which cost 5,000 Canadian lives. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the extraordinary period uh, before that. Everyone thinks of Operation Market Garden, the so-called Bridge Too Far operation, as a British, American, and Polish operation. Well, excuse me, there were nearly 1,000 Canadians involved, and so I'll tell some of their stories. And probably the most rewarding story story of all for me to tell about the Dutch liberation is the story of Joe English, who is a Calgary pilot in the RCAF, did a full tour in Bomber Command, had every right, he and his crew having survived 30 ops, to come home to Canada, leave the war behind, but instead they volunteered to help supply the food drops that would drop tons and tons of food to the starving civilians in the Netherlands and the big cities in Utrecht and Rotterdam and Amsterdam when they were on the verge of starvation in the last three weeks of the war. That's a story that deserves attention. That's a story that needs to be told, and we'll do it on Friday night. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. I know that uh, the Dutch liberation is is very special, very poignant to uh, a number of my listeners because they text in about it all the time, about where their, where their family served, where their, their dads, their uncles, their brothers, all of that um, uh, served. So I'm going to let folks know that I went on Festival Festival Place website just a short time ago. There are a few tickets left for Friday night, um, but you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. Check out uh, Ted and David O'Keefe on Friday evening. Ted, um, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. As I said, I always wish that we had more time, and hopefully (laughs) we can do it in person sometime soon. I'm hoping because I want to see your face. I want to be there in your presence and, and congratulate you on all the great work you do, not just on Remembrance Day, but throughout the year covering the great stories of this province. It's just a joy to hear you. Thank you, my dear. Uh, You lead, I follow, Ted. Thank you so much. (laughs) Pleasure. Take care. Ted Barris joining us this afternoon again. uh, Him and David O'Keefe will be at Festival Place. If you you haven't checked out one of those uh, speaking engagements that they do, I'm going to urge you to. They are really, really, really interesting. Two of Canadians' most renowned military historians. You'll walk away going, wow. Trust me on that one. Let's